Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today once again by Eric. Oh, that is right. How the hell are you? So good. Awesome, dude. So good. Are you lying? No. Oh, great. <clears throat> I'm actually doing well. Wow, I'm, people I'm, are doing well in the world right now? Yeah. Damn. I, am, I mean, look, it is nice to be a white man. <laughs> I do forget you're a white man, uh-huh. Eric. So that that explains that you're doing well. There are literally times I'm walking around. I'm like, things are great, and then the people are like, the world is burning. I'm like, are they? Oh, wait, you oh. don't wake up every morning with an impending sense of doom mm. and just wanting to uh, curl up in blankets and die? No, I love, a lot of times Weird. just. I mean, I do that also. Sure. But a lot that mostly that's internal. Okay. Mostly that's like I don't know what I'm doing in life. Yeah, you same. Know? Mm-hmm. We have that in common, even though you are a white man. Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? I I think a lot of people are there right now, and I'm just gonna say maybe it's the optimist of me. It's gonna be okay, everybody. I think it's gonna be okay. I'm kind of in a point right now where I'm like maybe I don't need to have like a life plan. Yeah. You know, maybe. I, I also feel like life plans uh, in this world that we're living in are um, somewhat foolish. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Like not to discourage you if you're you have a life plan, I think that's great. But if you don't have one, yeah, you know, we all read that climate report. Yeah. Um, we don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. And that's not me saying, uh, so give up. That's just me saying don't be as hard on yourself if you feel a little unmoored right now. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm trying to like I feel like a lot of like my anxiety over the years has been like this thing where I don't know like what my career is or what I'm doing, sure. you know, and I keep like trying out different things and like, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what I want to do. And then like kind of at a point now I'm like, maybe I don't need to know. I'll maybe say just this. Like <laughs> a lot of people had a, a career trajectory, had a savings account, had a house they bought and yeah. they lost everything yeah, they're during gone the surprise yeah. mm-hmm. meltdown. So sorry, I pronounced subprime surprise. <laughs> like it was surprise. a surprise. <laughs> surprise. <laughs> the worst surprise, surprise party. Mm-hmm. We took your house. I bet that's how all the rich bankers say it. <laughs> surprise. Mm, yeah, I bet they have surprise parties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, hey, everybody, you're listening to Light Trees and News. Here's how this show works it's divided into thirds. The first third, we talk about pop culture and answer your questions and talk about silly stuff because the world sucks right now and, and we want to talk about fun yep. stuff. Then we talk about bad news. That's all the bad stuff happening in the world. But then we end things on a good note. Yeah. Uh, and that's like trees and news. I so find that often when I'm on the show, our good news segments turn into bad <laughs> news segments. It's not just you. That does happen <laughs> a lot because I think people are just thinking that way, which mm-hmm. I get. Mm-hmm. But yes, that does happen <laughs> frequently. Also, during the bad news section, sometimes we veer off and talk about fun, silly stuff. So that's but good, too. I, I will say, I think a lot of times it happens because sometimes, it, a lot of times the good news stories are good because they're in relation to something bad. That bad has happened. So it's yeah. like, we have to talk about the bad, but then it's good because of a thing. Or it's like kind of good, but I also have to add a caveat mm-hmm. where I'm like, mm, this could potentially be bad. <laughs> right. mm-hmm. You know, it, it's part of what we do. Right. So while we're in the pop culture section, Eric, I wanted to get your... Recky Rex. Rex. Also, we teased this on yesterday's episode, I but f- I got a bomb hot take. Eric has a bomb hot take that he's about to drop on everybody. Just to remind everyone, in case you're a new listener and you're like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" I've been asking all of my guest hosts for hot takes, meaning something that is almost universally loved uh-huh. that they hate. Yeah. So that could be a TV show, a movie, but it could be also be like food. A lot of people have been tweeting uh, Nutella. Ooh, wow. That they hate and everybody I, it's loves. It's hard for me to imagine. I could imagine not eating Nutella a lot because I don't really eat it a lot. Mm. Or even when I could, like I didn't eat it much. How is it Nutella, but it's nuts? Nutella. Nutella? Nute- Nutella? I don't, I don't I, I guess Nutella. I guess we were going to get a million tweets like about I feel like I've seen it with an umlaut over the U before. Okay, so Nutella. I feel like I okay. could... This Look, guys, I could be Mandela affecting myself. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like I've seen it with Eric. the umlaut, but I could, <laughs> I could be totally wrong about that. <laughs> All right, well, let us know. Right. Hashtag light trees and pod. Guys, I may have, be ma- furious, guys, have I made up a, an umlaut? Is <laughs> there an umlaut <laughs> over the U in <laughs> Nutella or Nutella? Did I make it up? Oh, my God. Because it's made of nuts, hazelnuts. Yes. So it should be Nutella. It could be. It's probably Nutella. I'm probably wrong. I, I, I may be making it up because I first had it in Germany and thought it was just like a German product. So maybe I just, maybe I just made up an umlaut. Well, I could also German. be Americanizing it because, like, to me, nut. Right, Nutella. Nutella. It makes sense. But anyway. Um. So Rex, I got a little bit of everything today. Cool. Let's okay. Do it. Let's start with viewing. Yes. Viewing recommendations. It's a documentary 
on Netflix. It's called The Surrounding Game. It's about the ancient Chinese game of Go. The Surrounding Game? Yes. It's called The Surrounding Game. Okay. It's about the game Go, the board game. Is that the one that the old ladies play? That's Mahjong. Mahjong. Go is a big square board where they have white and black stones. Um, You may have seen them play it in the movie A Beautiful Mind. They play it a lot in A Beautiful Mind. Uh, um, I saw it so long ago, I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, but you basically, the way you play it is you place uh, one side is white, one side is black. You place one stone on the board at a time. And you, you're you trying to surround your opponent's pieces. Uh, and once you do, you can take their pieces. Okay. And then uh, it's it's a been around, I th- I'm not up on my history. I think it's been around longer than chess. I think okay. it's an ancient game. It's been played for hundreds and hundreds, thousands of years, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a beautiful, amazing game. I love playing it, but there's just documentary about it, which is really cool. Um, and cool. Uh, it's it's a cool documentary because it has this format where like it teaches you about the history and the culture of Go, while also it has like a narrative in it where it follows a bunch of young. Because um, for a long time. There was like uh, the uh, professional Go Association that only operated in Japan, China, and Korea. And uh, a couple of years ago, they finally decided to start um, uh, accepting American tournaments. Oh, okay. There were American Go players, but like it wasn't officially recognized with the professional Go Association. So they decided finally to start sanctioning American Go. So. The, the documentary follows, they have, like, the first, like, quote-unquote professional American Go tournament to determine who's, like, the first officially recognized American Go players. So you follow, like, a bunch of people trying to become the first American Go players. And so intertwined in that narrative is, like, you learn about the history of Go and, like, the culture of it and all that stuff. Interesting. Yeah, it's a really fascinating documentary. That's really cool. It's really cool. Um Listening Rex? Listening Rex? Uh, yes. Uh, I have two I guess I want to go through. One okay. is, um, are you familiar with the band Beach House? Oh, I recommended Beach House. Did you? Yeah. I love Beach House. They're great. Yes. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of Beach House recently because uh, one of my coworkers listened to Beach House in the office and I was like, so good specifically the song it's like their most famous Wait, this song. is gonna blow my mind oh it's their most famous so maybe it won't blow my mind yeah but yeah there was one song in particular i have to find it that i recommended uh but what was the one their I- most popular song it's like their most played song on spotify it's called space song oh no that's not it yeah it's called space song it's so good there's a part in the song that literally gives me chills every time i listen to it um it's so good yeah I I don't think the one I was listening to, I'm not going to find it. Oh, don't play it. We'll get pulled off the air. <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah, Beach um, House is great. Yes. Uh, so recommend Beach House highly. And then also, if you're into heavy music, if you like... Uh, uh, if you like heavy music, there's this newish band called Candy. Um, Candy spelled like you think? Yep. Uh, called Candy. And they put out a record this year called Good to Feel. And it's uh, it is so good. It's one of my favorite. Like, oh, I think I saw you tweet about that. It's so good. I've been listening to it nonstop. It's it's really it combines a lot of different styles of heavy music into one, and the production is very good on it. Um, it's just a, all around just a really really great record that I've been listening to a lot. Dope. Uh, I'm not gonna find this song because I downloaded so much Robin. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'll just scroll through my recently <laughs> downloaded. Oh my god. Yep. Cool. So, um, and then do, oh, here see. we go. Beach House. Oh, you know what? Yeah, because I downloaded so many different right. Beach House. Did you do? You're not going to remember what it is. No. Fair. Just yeah. listen to Beach House in general, guys. It's yeah. all good. It's all good. Uh, it's, all, it's all good. Reading um, recommendations? Yes. I have a reading recommendations and then I have a Twitter recommendation. Ooh, okay. All right. So, reading recs. I've been going through a lot. I've been working my way back through the works of... Henry Miller, and also, and I can, I never know if I'm pronouncing her name correctly, Anise, Anise Nin. Uh, okay. A-N-A-I-S. Mm-hmm. Anise Nin, mm-hmm. I think is how you pronounce it. I don't know. I'm probably wrong. So Anise Nin and Henry Miller. Okay. Uh... Both of them. Um, I've just been working my way back through their works, and they're, I, 
Just everything? I'm trying to get through everything. They wow. both were pretty prolific. Anise Nin mostly wrote, she wrote a couple uh, volumes of like literary erotica. And then, but most of her output is like a journalist she kept from the time she was like a teenager through when she died. Mm-hmm. It's like six decades of journal. And so they published almost all of it. Wow. And so I'm trying to work through that. And then Henry Miller wrote a bunch of novels. Um, so I'm just trying to get through all of it. Cool. Um, but I really like both of those writers a lot. Twitter? Twitter recommendation? Twitter recommendation, yes. So there was a... Everyone... Oh, let me find it. Um, and then do not forget your hot take. I got my hot take. <laughs> so there's a Twitter user. Uh, it's at Blair, B-L-A-I-R, Braverman. Spelled how you would think. Okay. Um, she is a, a dog sled racer and a writer. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So I she, she had like a viral Twitter thread going around last week because she made a thread ranking the softness of the hair of all of her sled dogs. Wow. And it was unbelievable. I didn't it's, even know I wanted to see that so badly. It is so good and i so i started following her and the rest of her twitter is also so good she tweets out like she just started tweeting out like recommendations for cold weather gear oh so she's like a handy wreck too yeah handy but also like she just like all of her wrecks are about all of her tweets are about sled dogs which is so she's got dogs like so you got puppies and you got solid recommendations yes and she's a writer so she's she's got and she's got good writing like it's just all around Great stuff. Um, also, I just constantly fantasize about moving to Alaska. So. I thought specifically you were going to say dog sled racing. Yes. I mean, moving to Alaska <laughs> and dog sled racing. I really want to go to Alaska. Yes. I, I think about it all the time. Yeah. Apparently, you can get cheap plane tickets. Yeah. I, I would imagine all so. Right. When the apocalypse happens, right. let's meet at Alaska. Yes. By the dog sled racing facilities. Let's get some dogs. Let's just. Yep. We'll rule Alaska. We will. Try to stop us. You can't. <laughs> Um, New Yorkers will literally take over any space we enter. I think about that all the time when I'm like, there are 8 million people in New York. And when we eventually have to scatter, we're just going to be. Every place will be New York. We're just going to be real pills about it. (laughs) Like, we're just going to start moving to places and taking it over. What do you mean everything closed? It's at five. (laughs) That's going to be heard Uh everywhere. Echoing off mountaintops. Mm -hmm. Yes. So... Eric, what My is hot take. your motherfucking hot oh, take? Oh god, I'm gonna get so many. I'm so, so many excited. I think. I think the amount of cultural energy that we spend on video games, okay, is insane. Okay, and I think that nobody should care about video games. So here's the thing. I'm not gonna flame you for that, just because I happen to not be super into video games. Yeah. I will say. Go ahead. Here's what I'll say. I understand that on their own, they are also a work of art, like a movie yes. or anything like that. And that they are oftentimes are unfairly scapegoated for violence and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't I don't buy into any of yeah. that. I just I You think it's like a waste of time? Uh mostly, yes. Okay. Because like you watch a movie also could be considered a waste of time, but it's two hours. Uh-huh. People spend so much time playing video games so, and cultural energy like talking about video games online people have developed like their whole life around video games this is yeah this is my thing with it which is i just don't understand the obsession I, like I, mean, I can play it for an hour and be like that was really cool the graphics were really cool that was yeah. like a fun time but people who spend all day doing it i'm just like i i just me personally i don't understand well, it. Th- yeah there's for me it's that like i don't get it like they're fine. They're whatever. You know, it's a fun waste of time. But then it's like, but then like, yeah, people like people spend their not video game playing time talking about video games. <sighs> yeah. And like, there's so much cultural energy poured into it. I, I don't think you're a bad person if no. you do it. I just like, I just think it is very weird and silly how much cultural space has been devoted to video gaming. I also, it always makes me a little sad because, listen, I'm not saying I spend all of my time productively. You all no. have heard the dumb shit I watch Guys, and listen to on this show. You've talked, I've spoken at length about how many hours of Hell's Kitchen <laughs> I've watched. Like, we waste time too, but the thing that makes me sad about video games is unless you're like 
a graphic designer, right? And you're mm. you're actually consuming video games because you're like, I design games. Yes. And I I'm an artist. Right. And I'm looking for inspiration. And like when I'm done with this, I'm gonna go make my own stuff. You're just burning so much time. Yeah. And I know a lot of people too who, you know, who work very hard all day and then play a couple hours of video games to relax. Sure. And yeah, it's yeah. like good for their mental health. I think I, I get that aspect of it, but tr- like there are people who for days and days and days just play video games. Yes. And I, I think like, I mean, people, I mean, there are certainly examples of people that have Addiction, died. From, uh, yeah. People have died from playing video games because they didn't eat or drink water. Oh my um, God. Oh yeah. There's a couple of cases of that. Uh, yeah. But I think like, for me, the the thing that the reason that got me thinking about it is is like if it were just people like video games have been around for a couple decades now. If it were just people playing video games, I, I wouldn't necessarily even think about it that much. But it's like the amount, just like the pure amount of like there's conventions, and that's fine in itself. But it's like people, there are a whole, there are like hundreds of thousands millions of people that just spend all day talking about video games online not even playing them just online talking about them Do they have fights about them you know what i mean like yeah. it's just like the pure like the the just space that has been built around video games is so strange and like ult- i just find it so silly Do you think there's any benefit in the sense that maybe this is a community like a community for people who otherwise wouldn't meet up and talk with people sure i uh, yeah i think there's that for just about everything you yeah. can do you know um uh, certainly there are benefits i would rather I don't think listen i would rather those guys meet up and talk about video games than like meet up on reddit or 4chan and talk about how women uh are fucking manipulative and need to be put in their place well i think the, well i think <laughs> a i know big there's pro- a lot of crossover sure well that's the thing is i think a problem is a lot of that is the same community yeah it, you know there's I mean? a lot of crossover also i don't want to diminish there's tons of uh women gamers too. of course uh but I don't know. I like if you're on the fence, if you're in that uh, overlap in the Venn diagram, but you're on the fence about like, do I hate women or do I really want to get into video games? Uh-huh. Like, I would much rather you obsess over video right, games right, right. Yeah, than yeah. obsess over how women have fucked yeah. you over. I, I'm not saying it's all bad. Yeah. And I think there are certainly benefits to the act of video gaming and there's benefits to having community, but it's my hot take. And uh, it's a hot one. I think it's silly. Yeah. I, I feel like. It wasn't as hot because you delivered it to me, and I'm sort of like Meh, whatever right, about right, video right. games. But I bet someone's oh, losing I am their sure. mind. Oh, I a hundred percent on Twitter right uh, now. You know what got me thinking about it too was that I one day uh, a couple months ago was walking around in Brooklyn, and I walked by the Barclays Center, mm-hmm. and oh, is there a convention? It wasn't. It wasn't even a convention. It was. There's. It was one video game. There's okay. a video game called Overwatch. Okay. So they were having the Overwatch like finals oh, of a tournament, oh, like okay. an esports tournament. Yeah. The Barclays Center was sold out Holy for shit. two days. What? Of just, it's not a convention. It's just people watching other people <gasps> play Overwatch. That's amazing. They sold out the Barclays Center to watch wow. someone play a video game. You know why I can't hate on it as much? Because I love Marvel movies. And I kind of feel like culturally it it takes up similar territory in the sense of like i was talking with someone the other day and man they picked the wrong room to say this in front of but they were like (laughs) do we need more marvel films and like (laughs) the room like collectively lost its mind Uh and i had to explain to this person i was like i will literally watch mcu movies until the end of time and yeah. I, like I don't care. Like a lot of people were like Venom. Do we need a Venom movie? And I was like, yeah. And I'll go see it because I'll watch that shit always. Right. And I know a lot of people who are like, there are too many comic book movies now. Do we need another one? And I, I'm the person who's always like, yes. So I, I'm assuming it's a similar mindset for people who watch video games Probably. at the Barclays Center. People are like, why are you doing this? And they're like, dude, I would do this all day. Are you uh-huh. kidding? I'm yeah. from Iowa. I came out <laughs> here for this. Like. I get that obsession, just right. not for video games. Yeah, I, I just don't. I just don't get it. <laughs> I don't. I don't get well, it. Well, that's I a lot of the hot take zone, man. It's yeah, a lot it's of like, like, I don't get this thing that people. Yeah, I, I want to say like, I don't think you're a bad person if yeah. you're into it. I'm not. I don't. Not here to judge you. I just like from my vantage point, I'm like, uh, I will say this. My vantage point would be like, why aren't you just playing the video games? Well, they probably do, but it's also it. It's it's sort of like um. I look. I have my it's own like, stuff. It's okay. So I do jujitsu, uh-huh. but I'll also watch jujitsu matches. Yeah, I get that. 
you know? And it, like, if you were like, why aren't you that. just doing jujitsu? I'm like, I no, do jujitsu, man. I get that. I just, <laughs> I don't know. It's, I've never, but see, the thing is like, I, for some reason, I don't watching, like watching jujitsu or like watching a live like event mm-hmm. for some reason seems more interesting to me than watching people play video games i don't get the same thrill of watching like i maybe it's the level of separation of like watching someone play a video game and then you're watching the screen of the action happening i get frustrated because the only thing i can emotionally connect to is when like super mario brothers first came out right right, and like watching your friend play you would be Uh like give me the control like it's frustrating like i want to play you know yeah well that was like a cultural thing for so long of like people talking about like girlfriends watching their boyfriends play Play video video games games, yeah Yeah, and then now it's like that's like what people do yeah (laughs) yeah yeah um like i said i'm not here to judge anyone if that's your thing i think you know it's cool i'm i'm glad you have a thing I just personally am like, I don't know why we're spending so much time on video games. So let Eric know what you think. Hashtag light trees and pod. Look, I have my own stuff, but you know, like I'm really into board games, but for me, it's like board games have like, I don't know. There's more like strategy and stuff. It's like watching people play chess or something. It's more like an event to me because there's more going on as opposed to just like fighting video games or something mm-hmm. like that i don't know so before we move to the next section of the show i just have to discuss something that happened to me Uh-oh. this is so in, in my mind so fucking funny but i just need it verified by someone else okay great so i have the quick uh quip toothbrush this is not a commercial by the way they don't give me money uh i wish i got that quip toothbrush money i, I don't know. know what a quip toothbrush is so it's a it's a big podcasting toothbrush i see I if you see. listen to a lot of podcasts there's tons of quip toothbrush commercials uh i love my quip i think it's great Do you brush your teeth while laying on your casper mattress yep <laughs> and <laughs> after uh, eating your blue the reason apron. uh the quip is great is i am an adult but i have a problem uh buying new toothbrushes when i should buy them yeah i just put it off forever so Quip's great because it's, it's pretty affordable. It's an automatic toothbrush, so it, it pulses every 30 seconds, letting you know that you should move on to a different part of your mouth. I see. And then it cool. shuts off automatically when you've brushed long enough. Oh. So that's handy, too, because, again, I'm an adult, but I'll brush my teeth for two seconds and be like, they're clean, yeah, and then yeah, run yeah, off yeah. to do something else. Uh-huh. And then every uh, uh, so often, Quip sends you a new head head and a new battery, and you pop those in, and you're good to go. Guys, I can't express. This is not a commercial. It's not a commercial. I can't express enough. It's not a commercial. I just, I genuinely enjoy it. (laughs) And it also comes with a strip, so you can put it on your mirror, and it like it looks very slick. It looks like Apple designed a toothbrush, basically. So that is cool. I but my Quip tragically died, and I like tried to. I've had it two years now uh-huh. uh, and I tried to replace a battery and it didn't work so it's like officially dead oh no so I google um, quip support and click on the first link and I go to the co- contact page and I, I file um, a customer service ticket and I send it I'm like hey can I get a new quip toothbrush and then I get to a part on the forum that it, it says business urgency and I like click on it and it says like extremely urgent urgent uh, somewhat urgent, not urgent. And uh-huh. I was like, urgent. I was like, I mean, I guess not urgent because it's not super important. I get my Quip toothbrush like right. tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I click that and I send it. And then I realized, was that not Quip toothbrush? Was that another business <laughs> called Quip? <laughs> so I go to Google again and yeah, sure enough, there's a different business called Quip <laughs> and like their logos are kind of similar. It's very weird. What is the other Quip? Do? I guess they're just like a business resource page. <laughs> Maybe they help businesses, which is why they're like, what is the immediate urgency uh-huh. for your business? So I get a ticket response and I can't oh, no. unsend it. So I'm uh-huh. just like, cool. So they are yeah. getting that now. Uh, so this is from Glenn. It has to happen. Hi, Allison. You've reached support for Quip.com, the productivity app. I believe you intended to reach out to Quip, the toothbrush company. (laughs) 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 I also, my original message was, looks like my old Quip finally bit the dust. (laughs) Can I get a replacement sent? I tried replacing the battery, but no go. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say this a hundred percent. That guy looks like his name is Glenn. Glenn Glenn has that copied and pasted on his desktop. Yep. Yep. Cause he sends that email 
probably 30 times like, a day. What a nightmare. They should just have that at the top of their page. This like we are not the toothbrush company. There was a uh there used to be a local business somewhere in the Midwest called American Apparel. Ugh. And they had cuz the original American Apparel was like americanapparel.net or something and this company had americanapparel.com. Uh-huh. And literally the top of their website was a banner that we we are not American. Like yeah, they just had to tell be like people. Also, can we talk about what a dumbass I am that I sat there so long contemplating the business emergency of my Quip toothbrush being dead? No, I, I But l- then I also settled on a low priority. Honestly, what's funny is I would have I would have done the same thing, but my question would be like, what is a toothbrush emergency? (laughs) (laughs) What is, what, like, who's like freaking out? Like, I need a quip. They're basically like, how much do you care about your teeth? And I was like, not a lot. (laughs) Low priority. And then Glenn was like, uh. Oh, sweet Glenn. So thank you uh, to Glenn from quip.com. I'm not a bright woman. A hundred percent. He has to send that email like 30 times a day. Yep, yep, yep. Guys, on that note, It's that time of the show. We'll get through it. Let's all hold hands and cry. Here is your bad news. All right. I've been meaning to talk about this story for a while. We got to talk about the bananas stuff that's happening in Saudi Arabia right now. Oh, my God. With Jamel uh, Khashoggi? Khashoggi? I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. Um, So if you haven't been following this story, there was a Washington Post journalist named uh, Jamel uh, Khashoggi, who went to uh, the embassy. I didn't know this part because he was trying to get married. Yeah. And I guess you have to go and like file paperwork. So, yeah. He went or ask permission. And yeah. he went and then he disappeared. I feel like uh, I don't want to spread stuff that is not. I feel like I read a thread that was saying one of his best friends was saying like a couple days before this, like when he got told he had to go to the embassy, he was like telling his friend, like asking his friend, like, should I go? Yeah. I mean, like, I, I thought that when I heard the story, I was like, why did he fucking go? Yeah. I think like he was, I think somebody like told him he had to go to the embassy to do this. And like, he was like asking his friend, like, should I go? That sounds like I'm victim blaming him. I'm not. I just, he's a journalist and he wasn't like um, a famously outspoken dissident or anything, but even so being a journalist for the Washington post in Saudi Arabia comes with like a whole bunch of right. dangers. He, he had written a couple of recent articles that were critical of the administration and they had not expressly threatened him. I don't believe, but like, well also he probably wasn't like, they're going to kill me if right. I go. Cause that would be insane. If yeah, they did yeah, that. yeah. Yeah. So he, disappears and almost immediately people are like oh they killed him right saudi arabia killed him right uh then it turns out that whatever order came down came down from the highest Uh echelons of the saudi arabian government and then a bunch of shady shit happened like uh they probably moved locations. They went to uh, someone's house and the, the dude who owned that house dismissed his entire staff for the day. Uh-huh. So I just read before we started recording that now that Saudi Arabia is updating their story, originally they were like, oh, he went out a different exit. Right. And we don't know where he went, uh-huh. but something bad might have happened to him off the premises. Right, right, right. Now they're updating their story and they're saying uh, he could have died accidentally. <laughs> In an interrogate, their their line right now is no, no, no. We didn't mean to kill him. We just meant to torture him. <laughs> like, but it got out of hand. Uh, which yes. is apparently this is like their official defense. Right uh, after they've lied several times. Uh-huh. So. Uh, the reason I want to talk about it is obviously it's, it's a horrible story. It's, uh, you know, it, it, it sent ripples through the journalism community because obviously anytime a journalist is 
harassed, let alone killed by a regime, it's a big fucking deal right? because it, it chills uh, the free press. Of course. And, you know, uh, things like this have happened in the past in the Middle East. Like, yes. you know, journalists get killed. And not that uh, this would change anything, but it should have an impact because he was a reporter for the Washington, the Washington Post, Post. An American newspaper. Yeah, and I, that is the only reason it has... Um, exploded as much as it has right. because it, the Washington Post connection and therefore the Western media is very interested where it's like, did you kill one of our reporters? Right. So another aspect of the story that I wanted to talk about is uh, Trump, but also the United States historically has a very cozy relationship with Saudi Arabia. Uh. We, we turn a blind eye all the time to horrible human rights violations committed by Saudi Arabia because they have access to oil resources. Uh, we turned a blind eye to 9-11. <laughs> yeah, you know. The worst. You, guys, you remember, right? Yeah. Uh, did you forget? Did you forget? Did, did you forget We were specifically told to, to remember this. Uh-huh. Uh, September 11th happened and it turned out uh, the hijackers were from Saudi Arabia and we were like, we're going to bomb Iraq. And everyone was like, what? It, it, it can't be understated because I think it, it's a point that gets brought up. People are like, oh yeah, remember how all the hijackers were Saudi Arabian? They were Saudi Arabian. We did literally nothing, <laughs> nothing. about it. Nothing, yeah. The the worst terrorist, I mean, I, 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 I think in terms of death count, it's the worst. I don't, I mean, I. it's weird calling a terrorist attack like the worst because there mm. were other bad ones, yeah, yeah. you know, but like an, ins- an unbelievable tragedy that happened and we did literally nothing about it because we didn't want to upset the Saudis. Right, right. So uh, the update to the story is that Trump says he doesn't like Jamal's disappearance. That's good that he doesn't like that a journalist I'm glad that disappeared. He, he's, he's, doesn't like it. But he's not going to stop a Saudi arms sale that just went through. Well, the, the first fucking thing he said was like, well, I called the king and he said he didn't do it. Okay. He said he said he didn't know anything about it, so I don't know. By the way, the Saudi royal family always claims that. Mm-hmm. And it's been proven time and time again that orders are coming directly from them. Uh-huh. Uh, it should it should not it should be brought up every time mm-hmm. that a story like this comes up that uh, the second largest shareholder in Fox News is one of the crown princes of Saudi Arabia. Uh-huh. Um, so that that's I mean, a fact that should be stated maybe every day. In addition to owning huge swaths of real estate in every major city in the real United estate, States. Real estate, I mean, oil reserves, they if, have all that if stuff. If you pay um, like a parking toll in downtown mm-hmm. Chicago, chances are you're paying the Saudi Arabian right. royal family. Um, and in addition to that, the same thread I was reading about uh, one of uh, Khashoggi's uh, one of his best friends who spoke with him a few days before it happened I mean it's not it's not a direct quote it's just conjecture but he 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 outright said he thinks that the Saudi government is emboldened by Trump's dislike of the media mm-hmm. and basically they felt you know like I said this is conjecture this is not sure. from them so you know it, it's not that they said this outright but he feels that they felt okay to do this because they knew and it's now been proven that Donald Trump would not do anything about it like the Saudi government you know he was not an Amer- I I don't think he was an American citizen but killed an American reporter he worked for an American newspaper mm-hmm. it was a report he, he, he killed a, a a journalist for an American newspaper and the president is not going to do a damn thing about it. He doesn't care. And in fact, told them, said outright, he's not going to do anything about it. Well, this was the rambling statement he made. Uh, He was talking about, uh, of course, he was on Fox and Friends, which again, the the second biggest shareholder. Owned by the Crown Prince (laughs) of Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And he said, uh, talking about Saudi Arabia, I would say they're excellent. I've told them that they have to pay for their military. Saudi Arabia is a very rich country for years and years. There wouldn't be a Saudi Arabia without the United States because we've protected them. We don't get paid for this protection. We should be paid. We spent billions and billions of dollars a year protecting Saudi Arabia. I've told the king, King Salman, sorry, you've got to pay. So then Kilmeade, Brian Kilmeade, interjects, but you can't be killing Americans. You can't be killing Washington Post journalists. Is everything in jeopardy now, sir? Is that in jeopardy now, our good relations with Saudi Arabia? And Trump replied that he has to find out what happened and that we're probably getting closer than you might think. 
I think, to finding out what happened, not closer to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I mean, what does he think? Uh, when he says getting closer, again, his first line was, I asked the king and the king said he didn't yeah. do it. So yeah. I take his word for it. Yeah. Also, they're they're just going to come back with some national security bullshit, which, by the way, we do in the United States all the time. Yeah. We had to interrogate him for national security. got out of hand. He died accidentally. Right. That's going to be the official line. Yeah. And then they'll be like, okay, investigation over. Yeah. No, no, they killed a journalist. Yeah. And if it matters to you more, they killed a Washington Post journalist. And that's, I mean, I think, like, that's why I brought up the, you know, what uh, Khashoggi's friend was saying, because I think it is important, like, because Trump has this, like, facade of being like a hardliner on national security and like foreign affairs and like you know american hostages and stuff like that like his base thinks he's fucking rambo Mm. right and like he defends americans against everything and like but he doesn't he hates journalists Mm -hmm. and so it's very telling that when a journalist for an american newspaper is murdered he doesn't, he's not going to care. Right. And I think it's like, that's going to show where his like loyalties lie. Yeah. And to circle back what you were saying before, I don't think it's a stretch to say Saudi Arabia, like the rest of the world is watching what's happening in the United States right now. They see the president constantly calling the press, the enemy of the people, constantly dragging them through the mud. And they're taking cues from that where they're like, Hey, we can probably disappear this journalist. Who's been a thorn in our side for a little bit. Yeah. And, the the United States isn't going to cut off our arms deal. They're still going to do business with us because this president hates the press. Yeah. I mean, if there were any, like if Donald Trump was, I mean, if he was so many things, but like if he was like, quote unquote, like the real hardliner on, you know, cause he like, that's like this whole immigration policy. He's like, I'm a hardliner. I'm a, you know, um, America first, whatever. If he was an actual hardliner, he would tell the Saudis, get the fuck out. Mm-hmm divest from our country and mm-hmm. get the fuck out right yeah and he's not because he doesn't because he's getting all that money <laughs> like he's and that, that's also why i'm like his base doesn't fucking care as long as he still not. gives the appearance of owning the lips right? right of course like if there was any if they had problem with moral inconsistency or messaging inconsistency saudi arabia would be the breaking point of course it would be like what are you doing you're talking about putting america first but you're letting Saudi Arabia walk all over you. Yep. They killed a journalist yeah. who works for a Western media outlet because they hate the media too. Trump's right, face. Right, right. Of course. So, yeah, they don't care. They're just like, yeah, eh, he's still saying funny things about uh, Elizabeth Warren and yeah, Hillary exactly. Clinton. He's threatening to lock up women. I like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's you know, they his base is not going to care. But even if they came out and said that they did it, his base would not care because no. again, his base wants to kill journalists. Right. They yeah. want to murder journalists. Yeah. That is what they want to do. Right, right. And so, and in Trump, I think is, you know, trying his best with his big dumb brain to be <laughs> diplomatic about it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, but he's gonna, he's he can't be. Like right. he's, you know, it would not surprise me. It would be horrific, and you know, but it would not surprise me if he came out and said that you know the journalists shouldn't have written those bad things you know for sure they uh, that's not out of the realm of possibility we're probably five minutes from that happening yeah, yeah. you know what i mean like it wouldn't it would be horrific and i think it would be grounds for getting him out of office but i like, think if they can't make it go away like by the end of this week yeah he will say something like that you know like yeah, yeah. like you know because that's what he says to american journalists right right you yeah. know it's uh you know it's it's just insane like it's it, it, again like it, people should be making a bigger deal about it because right. it is like it's a huge deal it is a huge deal like, like this could have started not that i want this to happen but this could have started like an international conflict had it happened between two other countries yes. it's just that we happen to be so reliant on saudi oil yes. that like we cannot allow it to become a big thing, right? Absolutely. But it should be that level of like crisis. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, so w- we probably need way more time to unpack this next oh. story, but I wanted to talk about it. So Hillary Clinton recently said that Bill Clinton's um, even calling it an affair seems gross because of the power dynamic stuff. But Bill Clinton's affair with Monica Lewinsky wasn't an abuse of power because quote she was an adult. That's not what an abuse of power means. No. So she said this on CBS's Sunday morning. So there's like so many layers to this story that I want to get to. 
Uh, first, I think it's gross that Hillary Clinton, until the day she dies, has to answer for Bill Clinton's actions. I do think that's bullshit. However, I also have to acknowledge that Hillary Clinton had uh, a lot of, like, a lot of evidence suggests that she knew ab about Bill Clinton's behavior, and not only did she tolerate it, but she, like, actively helped cover it up for many, many years. Well, yes, and also publicly... She has made statements denigrating the victims the of Bill women. Clinton. And so that is why I, I do think people should not be asking about Bill Clinton's actions. Like, why is Bill Clinton not being asked these right. things? I don't and then if you want the other take, go to fucking Monica Lewinsky. I don't think Monica Lewinsky should have to talk about this forever. But don't have... What's so fucked up is it feels like it's like three degrees removed from the person you should be talking to. Because like you're it having... Is. Hillary Clinton speculate about Bill Clinton's mindset and she's talking about Monica Lewinsky when Monica Lewinsky's not in the room. Yeah. And it's like, that is such a fucked up way to handle this story. Absolutely, yeah. Um, um, yeah, I, I don't think that Hillary Clinton should have to answer for Bill's actions, but I also think she should have to answer for her role yes. in denigrating the victims, um, dragging their names through the mud in the press. And, and also that some of the victims feel like they were threatened by her. Yes. Uh, like met her in person and she said things that suggested like they better drop it or else. Yeah. Which is like so fucked up. Um, but also uh, it doesn't matter if she was legally an adult. The thing about power dynamics is the power dynamic is, or the imbalance is... All of Harvey Weinstein's yes, victims were, were adults. adults. But when you have that power imbalance, it doesn't fucking matter if they're technically legally an adult. The person with the higher level of power, it's so unbalanced that it, it it's not healthy. Well, that's <laughs> why guess. we don't allow... Like, that's why you don't... That's why we don't allow college professors to sleep with their students right. even though the students are technically adults when yes. they go to college because this teacher is holding power over them right. with their grades with their livelihood and stuff like that and it's impossible for a person to truly consent because there's a bunch of other power dynamic stuff going on like this person could fail me this person is the president of the united states it's not it wasn't even just that he it's like it would be fucked up if it was the president of the united states and a random person right you know, because again, he's the president of the United States. That would be fucked up. It's the president and his direct intern. Yeah. Did you see the other woman who, oh, I forget her name. I think she's a journalist now or she works in the media. She worked in the White House when Monica Lewinsky was interning there and she was also interning. And she said there were other two high level officials in the White House who were dating interns. Oh my God. Who just never got caught. Yeah. So it didn't matter. Because I mean Bill was such a big deal right, that like right. probably they're like, right. <laughs> like Yeah. All right. Thank God we yeah. got out of there. Yeah. Um, but this shit happens all the time and it's not okay because of the power imbalance. It doesn't matter if someone's technically an adult. Yeah. Or legally an adult. Yeah. I yeah it doesn't it of course it doesn't matter. Like I said, like just look at the Harvey Weinstein thing. All those people were adult actresses. But they were beholden to Harvey Weinstein for their livelihood. So, of course, right. he has some sort of power over them. So, it's the same deal. Right. It's the same as the president and his intern. Like, yeah. And I just, like, I, I agree Hillary Clinton should not have to answer for Bill's actions. Probably shouldn't even be asking her about it at this point. No, you if know. you're really still curious about this, go fucking ask Bill Clinton. But also, if they do ask her, I don't know why she just doesn't say, I don't want to talk about it. Right. No comment. Yeah. That's in the past. Yeah. Like, I, why does she keep making statements like this? Well, I have to believe she keeps making statements like this because she believes that. She believes that these women, uh, it was their own actions. It was their fault. They slept with a married man. She said all of those things. Yeah. I think she believes that. She's she's wrong. <laughs> she's wrong. And I think, like, if she's going to make these statements, then it's, you know, like I, like I said, I agree that they should not be asking her these questions, yeah. but if she's going to make statements like this, then she needs to be held responsible well, now, for yeah, these Yeah, now comments. you have to yeah. go on the record because you said these terrible things. Yeah. So like, explain yourself. Right, exactly. Like, yeah, if she had from the get-go been like, uh, I'm not responsible for my husband's actions, if you want to talk about that stuff, ask him. That is such an easy statement that she could have made from the beginning. Well, I think a lot of it is um, brand maintenance. You know, I don't think this is better for brand maintenance than just saying those are my husband's actions. I, I feel like this playbook that they've been using yeah. for 20 years used to work. 
Oh, probably. Yeah, and yeah. Now, like in the 90s. Now yeah, it's yeah, becoming yeah. more like, no, that's not right. satisfactory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the get-go when she was like, I am standing by my husband because I want to run for president someday. Right, right, right. Um, oh, yeah, that's a good yeah, point. I yeah. think that's a really good point. Yeah, it pro- it, that did fly in the 90s. Like oh, she, for like, sure. Yeah, that absolutely flew in Oh, the everybody 90s. blamed Monica Lewinsky. It was right. like this little hussy sleeping mm-hmm. with a married man. Right. <laughs> that was the story for 20 years yeah, until absolutely. very recently. Uh, and now everyone's like, Monica Lewinsky's the best. She is. Go follow her on Twitter. She's awesome. She's so cool. A friend of mine works for her, and I am super jealous. She's like, like all of her like public appearances lately have been really like great. Like yeah. She's awesome now. Yeah, she's so cool. Uh, yeah, go follow Monica Lewinsky. And on that note, here is your good news. Guys, no big deal, but Laura Jane Grace just liked one of my Harry Potter tweets. What? That's my first good news item. Uh, did you see what I posted? So I'm watching no. the movies now. Ooh. And I haven't right. been talking about it because I'm going to record a big old I love bonus it. episode with some peeps. Are you? We've talked about Harry Potter before. Yes. You're, you're not like a huge fan, right? I like it. I'm just not like obsessed with it. So I'm watching the movie and there is a still from one of the movies that is so funny of Voldemort. Just like his expression is so weird. So I posted a screen cap of it, which you can see at my Twitter at Allison Kilkenny. Oh, I did see this. That this feeling when you don't feel cute. So you do a fun selfie. Mm-hmm. Look, yeah. it's so, good. so funny. Uh, but Laura Jane Grace liked it. That's so, so wow. You're so cool, Allison. So you're so cool. famous. I'm so famous and so cool. Um, I I have a con- my controversial take on Harry Potter is that I think the movies are great. <laughs> I don't think that's controversial. I think a lot of people feel that way. They did not when the movies came. I mean, they I have very high ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. I remember being surrounded by Harry Potter fans when I watched the movie who were so upset. Really? Oh, well, here's what I will say about the movies. And this is such a, a a dumb book lover thing to say. They blow through that plot. They, they like they they leave a lot out. But it's also like the movies are already two and a half hours. How long would the movie be? Yeah, that, that, this is my point. When Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings came out, I'm telling you, you would not like a faithful movie adaptation of either of those books well the proof of that is the first harry potter movie yeah and kind of the second they do try to include more of that and those movies drag they drag so they much drag and but now once you get to uh Azkabar, a- Azkabar and on the movies are dope They're yeah really really good and the, it's because they like keep that plot moving i just think like listen up book lovers get over yourselves <laughs> No, Look, you know I what? like it. Book- just it makes me a little sad because like there are these relationships that like you know Rowling took a lot of time developing and they're really beautiful sure. and they're like not in the movie at all. That and you're kind of sh- like, oh, I, get that. I just missed that a little bit. I get that. I am of the opinion that movie adaptations of stories should be completely separate from, and not like they should be different. I just mean like. You cannot compare them. Right. You're trying, like, if you, like, think about how much you can read in, like, two and a half hours. It's not a lot. Right. It takes, uh, it takes, you know, six to eight to ten hours to get through even the shortest Harry Potter book. Well, like, and my just, thing is, like, just do both. Read the books and then watch the movies. Yes, you should do both. That's, like, that, truly, the reason I wanted to watch the movies is, I mean, I heard they were super fun, but also there were, like, spectacular moments in the book that I were I was excited to see them exactly, yeah. visually represented. Yeah. Um, basically, I, everything Fred and George do. <laughs> I'm like, I want to see that. I, I think about movies the same way I think about, like... I don't know what you want to call it, like fan fiction or something like that. Like it's not going to be totally faithful, but it's going to give you a lot of the stuff that you like. And it's its own thing. Yeah. Like a movie adaptation of a book is its own piece of art in its own right. They're not, nobody's claiming to like be recreating the book on film because it's just impossible. The Lord of the Rings would be six months long. Right. Also, (laughs) the last thing I'll say about this, because I want to save everything for the bonus episode is... If I had been a little kid, I would have been watching the Harry Potter films for the kids. Watching it as an adult, I'm living for the adults oh, in the film. Yes. They are so fucking good. Oh, yeah. And any backstory about them as kids is fucking fascinating. Uh-huh. And truly, they use the greatest 
working British actors in yep. those films. Yep. And they're all fucking incredible. They're great. They're Ugh, so good. I'm going to go off on the bonus episode, guys. <laughs> but if you want to hear the bonus episode, go to patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny and sign up at the $5 a month level or higher yeah. to hear all the bonus episodes. We already have a couple bonus episodes up Do there. Do it. So first good news story. I Listen, when Dum Dum does a good thing, I have to shout out Dum Dum. He signed an actually good bill to clean up ocean garbage recently. Oh, uh, yeah, this is great. Uh, it is driving me crazy because there's been a couple in this past week. There's been like two to three good bills that Trump have mm-hmm. signed, and then my mother just posts them on Facebook. She's <laughs> like, "See, well, like, oh. yeah, listen, uh, broken clocks. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. it's true." So he signed the Save Our Seas Act into law. The legislation, and by the way, this is a very rare bipartisan piece of legislation, like a good bipartisan right, piece of legislation. Right, right. They go bipartisan all the time in order to, like, screw poor people. Right. But they went bipartisan for good this time. Uh, And this reauthorizes the National Ocean and Atmospheric Administration's program. So it already did exist. Right. But Dum Dum just had to sign on the line to keep it going. Uh, And he did it. For cleaning up marine debris and giving the agency the leeway to declare a severe marine debris uh, events like the one that occurred in the wake of Sandy, those type of events require a coordinated cleanup. It also offers a vehicle for the executive branch to engage with other countries to get to the bottom of the plastic pollution problem. Did you just throw your pen down? No, it fell. Oh. <laughs> I, I <laughs> moved and it fell. Violently threw it no, down like you were I, spiking uh, a football. Yeah, I don't know. Like, this is great. I mean, it's great. I, it's, uh, it is weird when... Uh, <laughs> It is weird when conservatives, like somebody this happens, like, see, yeah, he signed this bill. It's like, yeah, they passed it through Congress. Yeah. He'd have to be a fucking monster to not but sign he, it. But he's a monster. That is true. So, like, yeah. let's uh, let's appreciate when the monster doesn't monster. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> he also signed uh, a, a thing called the Music Modernization Act, which is supposed to restructure how musicians get paid from streaming services like Spotify. Oh, okay. We'll see what kind of effect that yeah. has. I, I mean, it's supposedly it's supposed to be good. So, I mean, you know, there are some good things happening. You know, it, it, it reminds me a lot of the conversation we had about um, Kim Kardashian going to the White House yeah. and getting the person freed from yeah. prison. Listen, uh, you, you like, don't have to sign on for everything they do in their life. You can just say, hey, that one thing you did was good. Yeah, exactly. Like, good job, these are good them. things. Uh, he is able to sign his name legibly. That's good. <laughs> Everybody could read it. It was very exciting. He writes in Sharpie, which is fucking weird. He but didn't poop his pants. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I wrote in Sharpie for a while. When <laughs> did I, you? You know, the reason I did it is because I didn't know about good pens. Uh, so I was yeah. like, oh, it writes so smoothly. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah, it does. But that's why I... Now they have Sharpie pens. Yeah. Do you use the Sharpie pens? I don't. You should use the Sharpie pens. I, I will. Like it. I will. I'll fucking do it. So also in good news, Republican operatives um, are getting very worried about House races because Democrats are uh, raising a boatload of money. So much money. Um, and again, listen, this is the caveat for the, this good news item. Our election system's broken. <laughs> yes. People should not have to spend this amount of money to win or, no. or even run for office. Uh, it is broken. That is why we are ruled by the wealthy elite because uh-huh. it requires so much money to run for public office in the United States. That is fucked up. That should not be the case. However, in our current system, if the Democrats want to win, they got to raise more money than the Republicans for the House races. Beto O'Rourke is killing it. Oh, can I say something about Beto? Yeah. So Beto O'Rourke raised an insane amount of so much money. 10 million or something? I think it was more than, I think it was like 30. 30 million. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, 30 or 40, I think. Like, he's crushing right so now. here's what i want to say about that because immediately people and i mean i think a lot of it was like people who were trolling so maybe not even like good faith people were like right uh you should spread that money around to other house races i was just reading that article today like somebody was shaming him for not not sending it to the other texas like right. house races here's or the other democratic house races here's why that's bullshit if somebody gives a donation to Beto O'Rourke, they want it to go to Beto. Exactly. They have not signed on for him to then delegate that money. Do you know how much shit he would get into if he started pulling that bullshit? Of course. Immediately, people would start criticizing him. Also, uh, he's up against Ted Cruz. And he's that's, still behind That's in the not polls. an easy fucking race. No. Like, he's gaining ground. But like he could still very well lose that race. Yes. He, so, like right now, it looks like he probably will. It's going to be very, very tight. 
but the fact that it's tight is good. It, like, and also it, he insane. might still lose, but like he needs that money. He's going up against Ted Cruz, right? Like, it, any person who works in the Democratic Party that is talking shit about Beto, like, for not spending his money in other races, like, they need all of that money. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's. And I, some of this criticism was coming from like democratic strategists where I'm like, do you not know how to strategize? <laughs> this no. is your whole job. The past 10 years should show they absolutely <laughs> do not. Yeah. But I mean like the fact that they're like, just give the money somewhere else. It's like, I, do you know how pissed people would be if you did that? Yes. Like, uh, ridiculous. Unreal. Like, uh, yeah, it's, it's insane. And look, I'm not like the biggest fan of Beto. Like no. he's a pretty centrist he, Democrat. I, that's like. He's better than Ted Cruz. He's a little cutie pants. I'll give him that. He was in a really cool band in high school. Yeah, and he's attractive. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he says good things sometimes. Yeah, there's, uh, look, he's got good stuff about him. Yeah. It's not that he's all bad. He's a pretty, like, he's a pretty, like, mainstream Democrat, like, you know, what you would expect. But, sure. like, I'm sure. I like, think he's a little better than a, ma- a mainstream Democrat. Slightly, the, the answers yeah. he's given about, especially stuff like the prison industrial complex, the and police brutality stuff, prison yeah, industrial he, complex. That stuff has been great. He's yeah. a little better than your typical yeah, mainstream yeah, Democrat. Yeah. Um, there's yeah, he's not like you know a DSA member or anything. <laughs> no, but like, no. we wish one day. Yeah, but like a DSA member would not be able to compete with Ted Cruz. So. Yeah, you I know, think Alexandria Cortez and Beto could like chill in a room together. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think they would agree on a lot yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so while we have a few minutes left, Eric, is there anything you've seen or eaten recently that has made you happy, or something you're looking forward to? Oh man. Um, or just like any good newsy any items. Good newsy items. I mean, I had a really good show on Friday. That's cool. What show? I did my comedy wrestling show, extremely, oh. s- extremely serious wrestling. Which character did you do again? I play a wrestling character called the Dungeon Master. Oh, so you're a classic character. That's the only character I play in the show. Oh, okay. Yes. Cool, um, cool, cool. I, I play a wrestler called the Dungeon Master. I still have a busted lip. You can see from it. Oh, shit. Yeah. Who were you up against? Um, I wrestled in <laughs> at actually a uh, an older man named uh, Ben Jones. Okay, he's a a, a a comedian in the city. He does like sketch and improv, mm-hmm. and he's like, I think in his seventies, I think so. But we did a really funny spot, and I it, part of it involved me jumping through a cardboard table. Oh great! Um, and I did just, you you gave yourself? The yeah, yeah, lip. I did cool. that to myself. Uh huh. And then he poured Doritos all over me. It, was like, <laughs> it looked really good. Uh, That's cool. It looked great. Uh, I but I, I will say this. I was I was thinking about this earlier. I, I guess this counts as good news. I did discover that like I I, I love performing. Like obviously we're on an improv team together. Mm-hmm. I do characters. I love performing. But I realized that I get maybe as much joy out of like writing and producing a really good show mm-hmm. like for most of the stuff that i've done in the wrestling show i've written it mostly myself and then like gotten you know some punch up and stuff from the other people involved but like usually i do the first draft and like i get a lot of joy out of like writing something and like having people really like it yeah or like producing a good show like i'm trying to get more involved in like the production of the show yeah and like doing promo and like like putting together the show and like stuff like that and like i get just as much joy out of like just watching something that i made like be enjoyed by people even yes. if i'm not performing in it mm-hmm. like it's really cool it's really fun i've started to get very envious of people who like like uh i'm on a lloyd team with uh this guy brandon zellman he's co-hosted the show before brandon also does the wrestling yeah, show with me but he does all of our promo stuff and he's like so good at it yeah uh, and like, I'm convinced that's why our team went on that bananas cage match run because mm-hmm. all of the visual elements were Brandon. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah. were so good. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, man, that's so cool. That's such a cool skill to have. Yeah, totally. Uh, do we have enough time for no? We're we're done, guys. Oh. Uh, please follow Eric on Twitter, Eric E R E K underscore Smith. I'm just my name, Allison Kilkenny. Although wow. I guess you're just your name too, with an underscore. Somehow, I did, uh, somehow I wasn't the first one, and it drives me crazy That's thinking about so it. That's so weird. Did you try to contact the original? I didn't. Eric Smith? I'm like weird about that. I I I, I, I didn't try to. Con- I should just give me my name. Yeah, <laughs> give me my name back, name stealer. <laughs> Please go to lighttreason.news and smash that donate button to keep us going. Thanks so much for listening, and while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. <laughs>